0: I love your brother, but I also hate him much like I love and hate you. Why are you recording this evil debaucherous conversation? <laughs> are we doing another podcast right now?
1: It's like, called Time Management. Traditional bow hunting. Traditional bow hunting. Whole fast outdoor podcast. Woo! Right now we're playing the game. Is that a hen? Or is that a hunter? A Levi. let on a striker. He tried to convince me to. Go turkey hunt with leg traps last night. That's the new tree frog crawl. It's not tree frog season. So how the... Is it a bird or a hunter workout? It was a hunter. Old Fast
0: Podcast. With Donnie Russell and Levi Brown. Oh, so, another week. Who knows what we're going
1: to talk about now. Right? Another week, dude. It's been like four or five weeks. I know. It
0: has. It's been a while. I've been busy. Going to bachelor parties in Lake Erie. (laughs) First rule about Fight Club. (laughs) Don't talk about Fight Club. (laughs) It was a good time. Oh, yeah. A real good time. Caught a oh. lot, caught a lot of fish. Actually, we did the best that day out of everybody else, didn't we? No, I only caught. 30. No, no, no. I'm talking about the other boats. Oh yeah, all the other boats. Yeah. Yeah. We paid a charter. Yeah. Well, I mean, that was. I mean, it was a really good time. I've never been on a charter before, so that, I mean, we had a blast. Trolling for walleye outside of Sandusky. Mm-hmm. That was that was a good time. Uh, I caught. I believe four perch. Or not perch, sorry, walleye. One perch and a sheephead. So
1: I caught three walleye.
0: (laughs) One I had to throw back; it was too small. (laughs) I caught a couple of those. Those real small ones. It was my party. (laughs) Are you gonna cry?
1: (laughs) We're past that stage. Past.
0: Past that stage. Uh, Shoot. So. It was a good time. Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, we got a we had a good group of people I mean eight of us all together and
1: yeah, we were called lumberjacks.
0: Yeah, we were. We went out to put in bed and we are you guys lumberjacks? <laughs> we sure are.
1: <laughs> Not a single one of us was wearing plaid that day.
0: <laughs> Just because we we're wearing all we were pretty much all wearing boots. that was about it and beards. Yeah, we all have beards.
1: <laughs> I don't know more.
0: No mm-hmm. turn it down. Yeah, I see that. (laughs)
1: Lindsay has been trying to decide should I have my beard long or should I have it trimmed the way it was when I was clean cut when we met. And She finally broke down and told me I I want you to trim it. So I go in the bathroom the other night she's laying in bed. I trim my beard down. Walk in the bedroom and she laughs hysterically at me. (laughs) so hard she cries and this goes on for about 20 minutes at first it was kind of funny i was laughing too yeah but then it really hurt my fucking feelings <laughs> like i reached up and turned the damn light out and said "Find it." turn my
0: back to her like, man so much for doing it for her huh? yeah right oh uh, so first thing we got on the agenda is it calls what we use and how and why you can't just i know you can't just mind. read on there but i was trying to read what you had broke. we're gonna
1: just be all over the place today yeah because, well as normal i'm half drunk and- i just started yeah <laughs> no i just talked to myself i just had one drink i've been on a rum and coke kick here lately
0: the cracking. it's early
1: season <laughs> hunting man uh Ohio's archery season comes in next weekend. Yes. Thank God. So excited. <clears throat> I mean, we've been doing... so. We did early goose season this yeah. year. Yeah, with bows. That was... With uh, archery equipment. And, yeah,
0: we haven't talked about that.
1: Uh, didn't even get a shot at one. No. That shit's hard. I've yeah. never waterfowl hunted before. Yeah, haven't either. Me either. And It's like early goose season. I guess you just got to know where the goose are because you're hunting native goose mm-hmm. and one of the places we went had a goose on it but it, we couldn't get them to swim close or anything
0: yeah the closest i actually didn't have my bow that day because i had to have it fixed and donnie fixed my bow for me and we went out to that pond and i shot that one with my 12 cage i like,
1: peppered it but it, oh, it was like 60 yards away oh yeah i mean you saw the goose you saw the shot hit all around it, and that blank space of a goose outline in yeah. the water. Like, a freaking cartoon! Yeah, and it just took off
0: like and nothing happened. Didn't phase it. I shot it three times and <laughs> didn't do anything. It Using the wrong load.
1: Man. That's what she said. Yeah. <coughs> um, but yeah, did, uh, squirrel hunting. We did some squirrel hunting with the archery equipment. Mm-hmm. Well, I did it with archery equipment. Yeah. Levi okay. was there with a twelve gauge. Mm-hmm, because my boat was messed and, up. I'm going to defend the shit out of myself right now. I shot four arrows at one squirrel.
0: That was all over the place.
1: But it it was on one side of the tree, and then would run to the other, and when Levi would move, it would come back to my side.
0: Yeah. But I mean, uh, I mean, for as close as you were getting, for as far as you were shooting, I... I was, it was 30 yards. I was shooting flu flus. And it was up in the tree. <laughs> through, a, through a triangle that was only yeah. about six inches. I had a
1: six-inch triangle where I could see, that was about ten yards in front of me, where I could see a squirrel. And, man, I was missing it by an inch high or low every time. Because it moved back over with me to the same spot. And I'm just looking and letting go. And there, my arrows just hit the fucking tree and fall down. Yeah. Like an inch. Oh. And then finally Levi took it out and shook
0: Well, I shot it and that's some gun... It jumped down out of the tree, or it fell out of the tree, and then it ran off. We couldn't find it. Yeah, that's one we couldn't find. Yeah. That little gray one I got there.
1: <laughs> yeah, you dig it, that gray one. I saw one. We are sitting there in a log and half-ass bullshitting while we are squirrel hunting because they're dumb little critters. And uh, we walk under a tree, and we can't see it, we can't see it, we can't see it. So by your sides take a pop shot of where we think it is.
0: Oh, no, I'm not talking about that one. I was talking oh. about a different one.
1: Well, it worked and it ran and you shot it.
0: No, I didn't shoot that one. I, I shot at that one that was up in the tree where I thought it was, and it ran onto the other trees and we lost it. Oh, okay. And then we found a, uh, seen that other one.
1: But yeah, we've been killing some doves this year. I have Yeah, I was gonna
0: say you have. I haven't been out.
1: I well, no, my buddy Lee's been killing them because I've had to bow every time because so I'm gonna shoot a dove with a bow. I've done it before.
0: You know, it they're,
1: they're quick little bastards, man. And I'm not finding them while they're like loafing perched in a tree. These things are just flying
0: all around, and I'm I'm <laughs> not even going to attempt to shoot them. Tim Wells makes it look easy. Look, makes it look easy. <laughs> oh yeah.
1: Well, Tim Wells. I mean, let me go to. I want to go to Argentina.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, because I mean, where we're dove hunting. It's just sporadic, you know, the doves are come, they're there, they're, they're not. Yeah. And it, it's kinda of yeah. hard unless you have a shotgun. Oh shit, there's a dove. Bang. Yeah. But when you know Tim Wells knows it's an outfitter he goes, I believe. I mean it's yeah. it's, it's the migratory thing you fly away. Mm-hmm. So it's not like it's, you know, high fence or anything, obviously because they're fucking the, birds. The birds. <laughs> yeah. But they come there and he's hunted there before and it's an an outfitting service, a guide.
0: Yeah.
1: And there's going to be ducks there. He's going to get multiple shots. Doves. This is our first year. Doves, ducks, whatever. <laughs> I've seen. I haven't seen him shoot doves. I've seen him shoot ducks.
0: I've seen him do du- Well, I've seen him do both actually.
1: I haven't seen the duck yet. I'll have to look it up. Yeah. This Tim Wales is badass. Yeah. I mean, he's he's been one of my biggest inspirations with archery. He got me through a tour in Iraq, watching his first relentless pursuit DVD. <laughs> oh, that would have been awesome. But uh, I wish I'd have known him then. Yeah, I mean, I wish I had a place to go where I knew the ducks were coming in, or if I I just knew how to waterfowl hunt better. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That's where I would see more. Because we saw plenty of ducks. Yeah, we just didn't know what they were. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm horrible at a... Horrible at identifying flying ducks. Hell, even if it's sitting still, I probably can't tell you what it is.
0: If it has a green head, I know it's a mallard. (laughs) If it has a funny-looking thing on its head, it's a wood duck. I mean, (laughs) I know your
1: (laughs) tails your redheads your mallards your black ducks your American widgets I can i but in flight is a different story yeah it's a whole green winged teal blue winged teal it's freaking obvious
0: yeah
1: if they're sitting still yeah yeah I'm looking
0: at the bottom side of a bird when it's flying over you yeah uh,
1: but yeah so for the past five or six weeks we've just been squirrel hunting and dove hunting when we can goose hunting Goose, and then the uh, Lake Erie Tricks, my wedding is getting very, very close. Yes, you it know, is. My bachelor party we went up there for. So, yeah, no strip clubs, none of that nope. nonsense. Just amazing amounts of alcohol and walleye fishing.
0: Yeah, it was a good time.
1: And Pudding Bay. I felt like an alcoholic, though, man. I was like the only one on the boat drinking beer.
0: No, you weren't. I had some.
1: I cracked one at like 8 o'clock in the morning. It's like it's my bachelor party.
0: Woo!
1: And I just kept drinking.
0: Yeah.
1: And I look around, and there's like you drank one here and there. Mm-hmm. Uncle Tom drank one or two. But like, man, nobody else is drinking.
0: It was really hot. i <laughs> on feel that boat. horrible for
1: myself right now. Oh, no, I wouldn't. Dude, I know it was hot. Yeah. You wore a hat. I didn't. Yeah. I have sunburned so bad, my forehead was bleeding.
0: I believe it. it, it you're was you are so red.
1: <laughs> oh my God, it was horrible.
0: 70 degrees outside. Who thinks to wear sunblock? All right. Oh, except for uh, Ryan. Oh, I had sunblock. I put some yeah. on. Yeah. The didn't next offer, day. Yeah. You didn't offer it to anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Sorry. Get my shotgun.
1: I got a double barrel. Take it. Desk and I knocking around all right so we we want to talk about the early season deer hunting man because I mean September 29th I'm in the woods I, I opening day is opening day I don't miss opening day for squirrel I don't miss opening day of hunting yeah I live to hunt I live to hunt with a stick bow I mean I, I love it it's it's not a sport it's not even a lifestyle who the fuck I am?
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, I, my life is archery. Traditional archery is what my life is formed around.
0: Uh, it definitely and is I, for you. Yes.
1: I, I, I. It's a passion. I mean, it. I, I can't. I can't help it. I don't know what it is. I, I love it. But I want to kind of go over how I hunt that first day, and kind of like. The things I do, I'm not this amazing, you know, Mr. Drury, killing, you know, 200-inch deer every year in multiple states.
0: Yeah, that's not what I am.
1: I'm I'm your normal guy. <laughs> I have a normal job. I have a normal wife that won't let me do that stuff. I I I can't raise deer on my farm like that or go these places. Exactly. Hasn't. Yeah. So, how I hunt and the success I've had based on the tools at my disposal. Mm -hmm. Because it's not so much like, you see these guys in the outdoors like the breweries, it's not about them going and paying this big money to kill this big deer. Anybody can kill a 200-inch buck if you had the money. Mm -hmm. But like the breweries, most people, a lot of people these days getting frowned upon that farm hunting. They're not paying the big money for these deer. They're growing these deer on their own farms. They're proper... Deer management to get the mature bucks and then get the size they need with the mineral supplements and yeah. of that sort. Yeah. I just don't have the time to do that. I have, no. I have mainly public land, so I just, Well, you can't
0: know. really do that on public land yeah. either. I mean, you no. can't go out there and till up an area and plant oh, what you want to want. It's illegal. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I mean, the
1: best you can do is find a wild apple tree, a crab apple tree, something like that. Yeah, a right CRP field. Yeah, but just. We, I don't have the opportunity to grow deer like that on my private property. Yeah. So, the, the, what I'm getting at is what works for me, it might not be the same thing that works for them.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, I gotta rely on just basic habits of white-tailed deer. Just the basic taxonomy and ecology of them, what a deer needs, and what a deer does, depending on what time of year it is. Mm-hmm. That's what I go off of. Yeah. Well, let's start with Levi. How do you hunt early season other than over a pile of corn?
0: There's <laughs> about. I mean, I don't really do much scouting and stuff, because with my job during the summertime, I work crazy hours i mean i've told you the, the hours i've been working and stuff like that especially this year i've been working 80 hour weeks and it's just been mad so and i'm i don't really do a lot of scouting because where i hunt is mostly private land it's my grandfather's <coughs> land down perry county down perry tucky <laughs> and mostly it is just a corn pile I'm going out and hunting when i get the chance to when i'm not working then because that's the only chance. I mean, I'll set up a trail camera. I'll set it up, you know, for a couple of weeks in one spot, and then I'll go to. I'll probably pull it down, seeing you know what kind of deer are coming through there. And maybe set up another spot, see what deer are coming through there. Set so, up you know my trail camera because I don't have multiple trail cameras where I can just set you know multiple trail cameras up. And so I'll see what deer where I'm getting the most action at, and. possibly hunt all three areas if not just that one
1: well this year (laughs) Levi is hunting a lot more public land I am Uh, I ordered a bunch of cameras that have all came in Nice. and I'm not trying to piggyback on other people because I think their ideas and their original ideas they have are just amazing and I watch I'm like the born and raised guys they did the 50 days of freedom and they're doing the 2.0 this year yeah if you guys haven't watched born and raised outdoors on the YouTube channel go watch that they did a series last year of the 50 days of freedom where they hunted for 50 days straight five states for elk oh, Wow it's amazing these guys are they're awesome dudes I've never met them personally well, uh, Trevor and the guys that you see, I haven't met uh, Ty Stubblefield. Yeah, we met, met him. Ty.
0: Yeah,
1: he's part of Born and Raised. Yeah, I mean they're they're awesome, down to earth people.
0: Yeah, Ty, I yeah, we met Ty. Uh, yeah, Ty's gonna be coming on the podcast here yeah. soon. Yeah, he's a, we, he's an awesome guy. Yeah, to talk to and everything. Awesome, down to earth. So, down-to-earth. but watch
1: theirs, and there's another, uh, the Hunting Public. They do a deer tour where they hunt a couple different states. Last year it was private and public, but they kept them separate. You get your public side and your private side. And they're doing their uh, deer tour again this year. I think they're on episode six now that they've released. They're doing good. But uh, we're gonna do something similar to that. We're not calling it a deer tour or anything, but we're recording every hunt we do this year, whether we get one or not. And we're gonna publish it for everybody to watch to see how we hunt where we go, what we do, and what makes us successful. So we can kind of build to the point that we're not just sitting here acting like keyboard warriors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, everybody has something to say. I don't kill monster bucks every year.
0: No.
1: But I more than fill my freezer with deer.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. I'm a successful deer hunter. Yeah. <laughs> I'm successful. I'm <laughs> successful. I mean, I... Last year I killed three deer, but I did miss, I did miss some.
1: I mean, the buck I killed last year is a seven point. It's small. They probably scored a 26, (laughs) but it was meat and it was getting later in the season. Uh, But yeah, we're going to record that and put them on and we'll we'll try and keep it entertaining. We always try and keep it entertaining for everybody.
0: Oh yeah. But. Never know what will happen between me and Donnie. Yeah.
1: And we got a couple other guys that are going get involved with, too. My brother. I i was trying to keep a traditional archery. hmm All traditional. But this is my little brother's really first year really hunting. And I bought him a Hoyt Podium target bow. And he really wants to deer hunt this year. And so I'm going to put him on there because I'm taking him out on the private we're getting him a deer. Oh yeah. Doe, buck, I don't care. Whatever walks in front of him, he's gonna mark it, because I want to be there for my little brother. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's 30 years old, but he's my little brother. Yeah. So I want to get that on film and do that. that will be that's awesome. That's gonna be great. Yeah. You know, my son is gonna be using a crossbow. Now it's a recurve crossbow. Yeah. Yes, it is. It's a crossbow. He's eight years old. He can pull back 30 pounds. That's not enough to legally hunt in Ohio. Yeah. But that's gonna be on there as well. Hopefully, Levi gets off his butt and does a lot more hunting this year.
0: Oh, yeah. I did a decent amount last year, not as much as I wanted to, but...
1: (coughs) But I know we're all over the place right now. But The point of that is, you'll see that what we're going to talk about right now isn't just bullshit. It's what we actually do in the woods. Mm -hmm. Be it good, be it bad, it's what we do. We don't claim to know everything or no. to be the best hunters in the world. By four. So that we're not preaching gospel to you. We're just trying to tell you what works for us where we hunt.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now even early season I have calls. I always take one call with me early season.
0: Really? The grunt call. Yeah. Yeah, I've I've heard that works. But I I've never used grunt calls or anything like that. And I think this year I'm really gonna try using yeah. one.
1: I can't tell you if it works or not. I know as I'm walking in, if I'm kind of running late, or you know, like the sun's starting to come up in a morning hunt, or I'm a little bit late getting in the evening, I'll do a couple grunts on my way in. I'll take, I'll be slow and look around, make sure I don't see any deer. But just because I don't see any doesn't mean they're not there. Exactly. I'll let off a, a couple, you know, small grunts here and there, to where if you do hear something. Maybe they won't look my way. Yeah. Maybe they will. Who knows? Yeah. But it, I haven't blown out too many deer walking into my stand late.
0: But now, I, but do you use a mouth grunt or do you use just a little can? A mouth grunt. Okay. I use a
1: during it, post-rut, rut, and pre-rut. I use a estrus bleat can. Yeah. I, I, those work amazing
0: yeah
1: so for me in oh, my I guess in, in really. my circumstances they worked crazy yeah now I don't I don't typically hunt the afternoons like between I'd say 11 and 3 early season not up until you know
0: <coughs> well I mean third week of October yeah because uh, it's still real hot I mean, deer, deer aren't doing a lot yeah. of moving in those times.
1: But I, I've been seeing a lot of deer moving this year though.
0: Yeah. Like I went out
1: to the club to do some work. I was uh, helping fix a snow plow that amounts to the four-wheeler out there. And I left, it was like one o'clock. As I went down the field, right before the cornfield, field,
0: yeah.
1: it was across the road. Like the, you got the, uh, the road to go down to the archery. You guys have no clue what I'm talking about, but Levi does. Yeah. You got a cornfield on the right, a road, grass field on the left. hmm There was five does standing in the middle of grass. Midday. Just walking around. Huh. Midday. It was like 90 degrees, man. okay So I think I might, if I don't see any deer in the morning, I might try to for, force myself to hang around a little bit. Mm-hmm. Because I've set up where I got where my spot is right now is I'm right in between uh excuse me, like the halfway point of the feeding and bedding area. Well
0: that works. So that's good.
1: I'm like smack dab in the middle. I got a bunch of videos still to post up on YouTube of my setup this year and a bunch from the fishing trip too. Yeah. It's just I with work and everything it has been crazy. hmm Now is
0: there are there any calls that you just don't go into woods without? And he calls, I don't go in without. Yeah. I mean, I've never used calls. I mean, I've usually, it's I'll go out and sit and let deer come in. It's on a corn pile, or I'll do a walk. I'll walk and see what I can see. Yeah. I mean, I've actually walked while bow hunting yeah. and yeah. seen deer and shot deer. Yeah.
1: Before anybody starts getting all uppity and complaining about hunting over a corn pile just because you don't believe in it and you don't think of it and you don't want to do it, remember this. Fred Bear shot deer over a corn pile. Mm-hmm. A lot of people do it. There's no difference in my opinion, my, my personal opinion. You can have your own. That's the greatest thing about this country. You have the right to your own opinion. Yep. There's no difference between hunting next to an apple tree or standing up on the edge of a cornfield, or off alpha field you know that's a food source that deer come to on a regular basis in the area we live there's not a lot of agriculture
0: no there's not definitely not where I'm at there's definitely a lot
1: more oak trees than there are agriculture so you can't pinpoint them like that so we will throw out corn whether it's to hunt over Mm -hmm. or like I do I throw out corn I've hunted over it but anymore I throw out corn I put a camera up and I see what deer in the area Mm -hmm. And when the corn's gone, it's gone. (coughs) Uh, Them deer were coming through there to find that pile of corn. They're going to come through that same general area Mm -hmm. when I hunt. But I am not above hunting over a pile of corn.
0: No, not by far. To be honest, if you're hungry,
1: Mm -hmm. you shouldn't either. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, what do you take with you? Not, not talking about calls, yeah. but what do you just carry into the woods with you when it's warm?
0: When it's warm? I mean, usually I just have a backpack, and that's for generally anything that, you know, if it's too warm out, uh, I have to take <coughs> clothes off. I don't want to just have to hang them somewhere, and then they end up falling or something like that, or I leave them. I put stuff in my backpack. So, you know, I'll have a variety of knives I'll take with me. For you know, gutting a deer or something just in case, you know, something doesn't work or a dull knife or whatever. I'll have an extra knife or something with me. Uh, I'll take, i have, I have my scents and stuff like that. My doe, nutris, or uh, buck urine I'll take with me. And I'll also have uh, my cover scent. So I use the earth cover scent, like the dirt smell I take with me. I just, it's one of them waffle things you take put on your hat or whatever. Okay, as a member of this podcast and now being like fifty-fifty with me in this,
1: <laughs> you were no longer allowed to use that. What is that? Because a guy I met at the fish expo a couple of years ago has his own scent line. It's local to Ohio. It's out of Greensville or Greenfield.
0: Yeah.
1: Brad Calhoun, Hunt Lab Technologies, a hundred percent guaranteed. Or your money back. Really? I've had deer ten yards from me
0: mm-hmm.
1: with the wind in their face, and have not smelled me,
0: <laughs> nice. or at
1: least didn't let me know, didn't take off. Yeah. This stuff works. He has spray. He has soap. He has uh, washing powder. Yeah. Everything. Ah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. It's good. Like. Oh. Any- Nobody else has a 100% guaranteed. nobody else I've ever heard of has a 100% guaranteed or your money back. No, I haven't. And heard he of. does.
0: Wow. Okay. Yeah, I'll have to look more into that. I didn't know about that. That was just stuff that you, know, you go to Walmart and that's on the shelf. Yeah. I took samples of
1: it down to Foley, Alabama with me and passed it up to pro shooters and everybody else. Hey, try this, try this. Yeah. There's enough for an 8 ounce bottle. Try this. Yeah. trying to get his build up because I used it. I know it works, mm-hmm. and just trying to help dude out.
0: Mm-hmm. I'll definitely have to give that a try. But I mean, other than that, I mean, I'm not really taking besides my bow and arrows. I mean, not a whole lot of extra stuff. <laughs> last right. year I started. Last year was the first year I ever owned a rangefinder. Oh, yeah, that! Sorry, I forgot about that too. I, I carry a rangefinder with me too. <laughs> See, I started shooting a compound
1: for ASA
0: mm-hmm.
1: two years ago. And the first year I shot it, I just shot indoors and it was only out 30 yards. So I didn't need a rangefinder. And I started shooting ASAs. I'm mean, like, man, I need to get a rangefinder because these go out to 50 yards.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know? So I bought a rangefinder and I started taking it in the woods I mean, last year. It, it really, shooting instinctive, like I would range different areas. Before mm-hmm. I like, I wouldn't put on a deer. No. And a range of deers that came in. Mm-mm. Like, ah, that tree's about 30 yards in front of me. And i to range it. And I don't know if that helped with when I made a shot or not. Mm-hmm. Because I, you know, I just knew where the deer was. Because i have never done that before. I've always just been able to look at the deer or look at whatever I want to shoot, do my shot cycle, and make an okay shot. Just shooting instinctively. Mm-hmm. But, I mean,. This year I think it honestly knowing the yardage still instinctively shooting. I think knowing the yardage the deer was at helped me shoot better instinctively.
0: Yeah, I mean uh, it, it's going to because yeah. if if you try to guess that, I mean it's there's a possibility of I mean you guessing wrong right. and missing a deer. And you don't wanna or injuring. Well when a deer. you shoot
1: instinctively you're not oh that's twenty yards, you to put it here, just look, pull back, let go. Mm-hmm. But your brain computes it, and your brain figures that out. I think, honestly, I gave my brain a little, you know, the answers to the quiz early. Yeah, yeah. I knew where that trail was walking. I knew that buck was 25 yards.
0: hmm
1: And even though I don't have a 25-yard pin, I didn't do a 25-yard walk, I don't have a 25-yard fixed crawl on my hunting bone. I pulled back, I looked at where I wanted to shoot, I let go, and I hit both lungs and the heart. And I mean, I hit right where I wanted to.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I think even instinctively, knowing the ranges around my setup, my stand, my blind, whatever, I think it helped me.
0: Oh yeah. I mean, that's what I do. When I go out, I'll find something right close to 10 yards. I mean, I can judge 10 yards, 20 yards, 30 yards. I can judge that, like you were saying. I can look at it and say, all right, that's about, you know, 20 yards, you know, 25 yards. I can guess it, but I don't, I want to be, all right, yeah, all right, so that is 20 yards. That is 25. That is 30. And that's what I'll do. I'll get out there with my rangefinder, and I'll pick different spots where I know the deer are coming in, where they'll walk to or whatever, and I'll say, all right, that's 20 yards. So last year deer came in at 18 yards all right so i already know that when that deer walks in to that path right there i'm at 18 yards i'll hold 20 hold a little just i mean a fuzz low if that and let Lanero narrow fly and that's how i got one of my deer last year now this is like my
1: key phrase for this podcast and like i've stated i've had this thought laying in bed at night time like man Freaking corny, I shouldn't say that, but you know what? A deer does what a deer wants to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's simple. And the biggest tip for success is the longer you're in the woods, the more your chances of success are. Oh yeah. If you only sit there for an hour or two hours, bored, nothing's exciting on Facebook, or just want to do something <coughs> else, talk yourself out of it, and leave. Your success is going to drop dramatically. Even if it's a little warmer, stay just a little bit longer. Go away mm-hmm. just a little bit earlier. I understand there's time limits and this and that. People have their own lives. Mm-hmm. But the longer you're in the woods, the better your chances are going to yeah. get.
0: I mean, I love being in the woods. When I'm out in the woods, I mean, regardless if, like you said, Facebook's got anything going on, whatever, I'll sit there no matter what. I don't get bored. I, I just love being in the woods. I mean, I just love that environment, that peace, that quiet, and just sitting there enjoying all the, even even if it's just squirrels running around, you know, watching them, or chipmunks running around. Well, Like we talked about before, it was one o'clock
1: in the afternoon, and there were five deer. Mm-hmm. There were does. Uh, one might have been a spike. I can't confirm that 100%, but a spike's been seen going through there. They were going to the creek. I mean, that grasses right there there's a creek that runs through it they were getting water it was 90 degrees it was hot now the closest area that was even decent worth of bedding was over 400 yards from were. so in the middle of the day they got up and traveled 400 yards to the closest fresh water source they could get so any day mm-hmm. any time you can get deer
0: oh yeah yeah well, that's for sure. So when you're in the woods, same question you ask me. Like I take my backpack. I mm-hmm. Always have a pack. But I mean, I'm, I'm I'm
1: like a little kid. If you ask my fiance, I call her my wife. She's my fiance still for a couple more weeks. She's got to check my pockets like crazy when she does laundry. Yeah. I mean you'll you'll be amazed at the stuff I can put in my pockets. <laughs> but, but I always. Put them in a pack when I go hunting, and I always take my grunt call. I always, as start last year, take my rangefinder. I always use uh, dough urine, not estrus, urine. It relaxes them and it makes them uh, attenuate the area with a bedding area so it comforts them and doesn't make them as fidgety. And it also, you can spray it on your own clothes, and it won't make a buck attack you. (laughs) It's going to be a cover scent.
0: Yeah. That was something else I forgot, too, is I use red box (coughs) urine, too. Before I get into the woods, I'll spray that on the bottom of my boots, you know, kind of help with cover, you know. Now, have you ever tried Mm
1: -mm. It's Another Ohio product is taken, and it's made in sticks like deodorant. Mm Mm-hmm made from the bedding of farm-raised white-tailed deer. Hmm. And it, now I'm going to try it this year. I have not used it yet. My buddy Lee, he used to be into the motocross, and his brother-in-law is real big in the motocross. Well, the owner of Evercom, his daughter's married to a motocross guy from here in Ohio. Hmm. It's an Ohio Farm. Yeah, And uh, they know him.
0: Mm -hmm. and Lee
1: told me he's like dude it's not because of gnomes it it works Mm -hmm. he's like I use it he's like I've had deer walk up to my blind and bend down in front of me with their like up against my blind (laughs) that's crazy so I'm going to try it this year to help calm down especially since I'm doing the whole plaid and blue jeans thing Mm -hmm. I'm going to make it as hard as I can (laughs) but dude binoculars yeah binoculars I don't. I've been in the woods too many times. I, I, I can't see that far. I need my binoculars. I, my I see something, man. What I, is that? I really I really can't tell what that is. It might be. It might not. Man, if I had my friggin' binoculars, I
0: could tell you. Mm-hmm.
1: Always take my vortex. I love vortex binoculars. That's not a plug for them. I'm not sponsored by it, Nothing. But I always used had to like shitty fold-out dollar store binoculars. Mm -hmm. when I started getting real big in 3D everybody said dude look at these like I had a big set of Bushnell um, yeah like 50 power binders looking through them and uh, he's like dude try these I said ooh they're small what the fuck (laughs) I
0: bought
1: yeah I mean I just they're great and so pretty much my pack my call my cover scent and I always take my cover scent in with me I don't Mm -hmm. leave in the truck Yeah. Especially in early season. People sweat. I'm fat. I sweat. I'm a fat boy.
0: Yeah.
1: I'm 6'3", 270 pounds. I sweat sitting still in air conditioning. I will always touch up my cover scent every couple hours, at least, because I sweat.
0: Yeah. Makes sense.
1: And then, you know, pocket knife. Mm Mm-hmm license and tag. Yeah, obviously, all you that. Know, but that's all I take in. Uh, <coughs> and depending on where I'm hunting, like uh, if the mosquitoes are bad
0: where I'm hunting,
1: I'll bring the, the repellent with me.
0: Yeah, see, I have that thermocell, and that's what I, 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 did, take well, I, I, I do. I didn't want to name drop again. Uh, but yeah, yeah, what, <laughs> yeah. But
1: that's why I take it with me, too.
0: Yeah. Because,
1: like I said, I hunt the wind do a cover scent, just in case it gets kind of squirrely, but I always play the wind.
0: Yeah, so. see, I didn't, see that's not that's something I've never really bought into is the wind thing. You should really try it because just because they, they don't, uh,
1: some will blow when they smell you, they'll stomp. Them. Oh, yeah, I've had them blow, but you know what, I'll, like 90% of the time, they won't.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And they're gone. They smelled you. They're gone. You don't even know they did it. Yeah. The wind is so important. If they can't, whitetail have good vision, but not great. Mm-hmm. The movement is what they see. They're colorblind.
0: Doesn't yeah. matter
1: what your camo pattern. I'm sorry. It <laughs> doesn't matter what your friggin' camo pattern no. is. They're <laughs> colorblind. 3D. Ultra HD, it don't matter. They're colorblind. Yeah. As long as you have something to break up your silhouette and you sit still, they're not going to see you. Mm-hmm. They see in black and white. Yeah. You no, know, as long as you don't have negative stand up, you're, you're good. Their hearing is no better than that of a human. The only thing that gives them a leg up in hearing is their ears can move all the mm-hmm. way around. Right. Yeah. their telescopic ears they can move all the way around mm-hmm. so if they hear something that might not be normal they'll pinpoint that exact direction and listen for it again
0: it's like a microphone almost
1: but their <laughs> hearing is not super human yeah. you know or are super animal whatever their smell is what they got mhm they can smell you from forever yeah i mean you come in your house so you got a puppy, you walk in your house to work, you know the puppy pissed.
0: Yeah. You can smell it. Yeah.
1: You know, if you lay down in your bed, heaven forbid you smell it. cologne, I and mean, ain't supposed to be there. You know somebody <laughs> was in your bed. Yeah. Deer the same way.
0: Yeah.
1: As long as you can play the wind. The wind's blowing away from the deer mm-hmm. and blowing your scent away from them, and you're sitting still, you're probably.
0: Well, the, the only reason I think I don't really play much into that is because where I've hunted private land a lot, my my family are always in the woods. You know, in the summertime, my grandparents, they hunt with wood. They do wood heat. I mean, they have a furnace and stuff like that, but a lot of their heat is through wood. That's how they heat their house, mostly. And they try not to use the furnace as much. But they're mostly in the woods. Them deer smell, <coughs> smell that out there, so they get used to that. My uncle he does dirt bike riding, he does and trail yeah. riding whatnot, and they they're used to that kind of stuff out there.
1: But let me go out there.
0: And yeah, exactly. Yeah, it might be a little bit different. Well, it's the same way that
1: I kind of talked about in the previous podcast. With my grandfather's, you know, the deer there are used to me. Mm-hmm. I was at the time I smoked. I was smoking a cigarette. And a buck was in front of me. The smoke was blown to it. That was just so close to the house, it was used to the smell.
0: Mm hmm. Yeah. But
1: if you go public land or private land, we're not used to you, you have to play the wind.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. You can't just hang a tree,
1: tree, oh, this is a good spot, there's a good trail, Mm -hmm. there's feeding, there's begging, there's this and that, and not pay attention to the wind. Mm hmm. The wind going to bust you. I don't care what you got. I don't care if you got the ozone thing above you mm-hmm. and you're sprayed down head to toe with $400 worth of scent killer. They're going to get you. You have to play the wind.
0: Yeah. I'll tell you something else, too, that I did see. Is hunting out of a saddle. instead studying hunting out of a tree stand. See, I have a saddle at the house for, like you know, for guys that do tree trimming and shit like that. Somebody was a lineman who? Me? No, I wasn't a lineman. I I do tree trimming for, uh, you know, for friends and relatives and whatnot. And I have one for all that stuff. And I always, I mean, I never thought about it before. I actually seen a YouTube video of someone using one. Uh, Well, that's a pretty good idea. I think I might give that a shot this year. It just seems like a good idea to me, at least. Who knows? I I might get lucky. I mean, heck, a lot of the trees you you are around, you can't really hunt out of because there's so many limbs going up it. You can't really put a tree stand up it, not unless you have, you know, a static stand where you're not, you don't move it. That's just where it is. Uh, So uh, a saddle I don't think would be that bad of an idea.
1: (coughs) Well, see, I just looked into the saddle thing the other day.
0: I saw a guy...
1: And uh, he actually killed his first buck, or first deer, I'm sorry, with traditional archery equipment out of a saddle. Really? And uh, I watched, I went back to his page, and I watched a couple of the other videos, and he used regular, like, strap-on tree stand steps to use it. Man, I guess at a climber's in the garage from where I did tree service, I wonder if I could use those for it.
0: That that's the only thing. You're not allowed to use stuff that stick into a tree. So tree spikes I don't think you're allowed to use by law to climb a tree and on on public land. Okay. You're not allowed to you're not allowed to penetrate the tree.
1: But every climbing tree stand does.
0: Yeah, I mean it roughs up the bark and stuff. Yeah. I mean you know what I'm saying though. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah. I uh yeah, I, I, I mean, I'll have to look more into that, but I'm not 100% sure, because I have tree spikes in the saddle. I'd rather hunt from the ground. Yeah.
1: But I thought I thought it was neat, too. I looked into
0: the saddle thing. The only thing is, I don't know how long I'd want to hang there waiting on a deer. <laughs> well, the way
1: this guy did it, he had like a, another platform in there where he could put his feet on, and he laid back, and he was actually pretty comfortable. He could adjust his leader line mm-hmm. and all that. And he looked, he said he was comfortable. Mm-hmm. All right. What do you think is the best time to hunt
0: in the early season?
1: In the morning or evening?
0: Uh, I would say evening. Why? Why? Because, I mean, I've done a lot of hunting in the mornings and the evening. Well, more evenings than uh, mornings because during the early season, you know, work's still going on and I don't get a only weekends is about the only time I get a hunt morning. But in the evenings is when I did most of my hunting and it seems like alright, deer are starting to get up. It's starting to cool down. Deer are starting to get up. Start going around trying to find their food source water, whatnot. And it just seems like mornings they're kinda dying down. They're just they may be making their way way back to like somewhere to bed down, you know, to try to stay cool, whatnot. They're not. I don't think they're really moving around as much. <laughs>
1: yeah, well, see, I've always but that's gotten, just
0: my opinion.
1: I've always gotten more movement in the mornings. Get out there into an area that I've got and I know, mm-hmm. and I saw more deer in the morning mm-hmm. than I had the evening, including last year. Yeah, monster buck I missed three times. Same day, like same five minutes, was in the morning.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The buck I killed was in the morning. Yeah. And uh, I mean that the bu- I killed the buck in November, like the first week of November. So I mean it was they were they were starting running back and forth and they were chasing it, but not real serious. the yeah. real not in. But I had missed that buck two weeks before. Yeah. So it was mid October, and he was moving in the morning. Mm-hmm evenings I would only see one doe every other day that would walk by kind of in range kind of not
0: yeah well and then also Uh, I mean that plays a big role on where you're hunting at too yeah
1: I I honestly think they're the same in the morning they're coming back to their bedding. in
0: -hmm. the evening
1: they're leaving their bedding Going yeah. to water or food or whatever. Yeah. So I, my personal opinion is, it's the same. Yeah. You had the same chance. Yeah. I can I see, mean, they're doing the same thing, just to complete opposite. Oh, so, yeah. You know. So yeah. I don't think, honestly, unless you know your property, you know it's there, that there's something,
0: some weird. Something weird going on, like weather changes and stuff like that. They might well, not be doing even that if different.
1: there's if there's something that throws a fork in the equation that would make them do something different. Oh, in e- the e- evening, as per, you know, then yeah. Well, like maybe if if a they more went running
0: through their betting area, you know, or twenty or. minutes
1: before six. Mm-hmm. Yeah, guys are probably not going to be coming through the same area because it just yeah. ran through there, and then they're not used to that.
0: Yeah, or even or a something. predator, or, yeah, you know, something. just something out of the, out but, out of the ordinary. Yeah,
1: but yeah, for everything I saw personally, you got just to get a chance hunting more. I love hunting mornings. Mm-hmm. When you get out there, it's cool when you get out there. When it gets too hot, you know it's time to go in and take a nap. Yeah, get some breakfast, stop at Waffle House on the way
0: home or something. Yeah, you
1: know, I like hunting mornings, and I like hunting evenings. Mm-hmm. That's my view. Yeah. Now, mm. In a optimal, optimal world, I would hunt different things in the mornings, in the evenings. In the evenings, I would hunt closer to the food source.
0: hmm
1: Because they're gonna be moving
0: to their food source. To the food source.
1: But there's a fine line. I don't want to be on top of the food source. Because early season, it could be dark before they get the bucks. Them. The does, normally in what I've seen, the does will be out there before the bucks will. Mm-hmm. So if you're after a doe, sit over the fucking corn. You're going to shoot one. Mm-hmm. Uh, a buck will take us time getting there. I like to set up about halfway between the food and the bedding.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: My odds of seeing them in daylight hours, shooting hours, or more, and I can adjust from there. Like I, I ground hunt, I'm mobile, I can make audibles, I can do what I need to do. Yeah. I can make adjustments from there, but about halfway, I found is the sweet spot for the area I hunt. Yeah. Now in the morning, I sit closer to the bedding almost right on top of the bedding. Yeah. Because it's going to be daylight hours before they give up their food source or water source and start coming back. And I'm in there well before daylight so I'm not blowing them out. I'm not coming across the same path as them. Mm -hmm. And I'm set up. I'm comfortable. And I'm waiting and aware. Yeah. And they're going to come through and pass me during daylight hours to their bedding. That's how I do it.
0: Yeah. Sounds good.
1: I know in the early season, bucks, if you're after a buck in the early season. It's a
0: little bit more difficult.
1: Good luck. Yeah. I mean, good. And I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm not mm. saying it's even unlikely. It's very possible. It's very likely. I got a buck on trail cam right now, daylight hours, morning and evening. And he's a nice buck.
0: Mm-hmm. He's not
1: the greatest. But he's a nice buck. He's 130, 140
0: class. Oh yeah.
1: He's, he's a nice buck and he's old. Mature. <laughs> I mean I'm gonna have trouble opening day if I see him not putting a friggin' arrow through him. <laughs> but the later my the later in a year where I'm hunting, the more bucks I'm gonna see. There's no agriculture really around where I am right now.
0: Yeah.
1: But a couple miles away. There is. Mm-hmm. And I got pictures of an assortment of bucks. I'm talking from over 200 inches down to button bucks every night in these fields. And I know once the beans and then
0: corn... Go away. Yeah.
1: They're mm-hmm. coming for the acres. hmm They're coming for the hickories. They're coming for the beach. Yep. Which means they're coming to me. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I'm going to see a lot more bucks. I'd say mid-October than what I'm seeing right now, because they're going to go where the food source is. Oh yeah. Especially that late in the year, they're building up. They're going to get food in their belly. They're going to get ready for the rut. And then after the rut, they're going to get ready for the hard winter.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because so, this year, uh, speaking of hard winter, I think it's going to be a hard winter this year. We'll see. I'm
1: thinking it is, but is Jasmine
0: here?
1: Look at the weather. Working on Levi's wife to get here. My wife is has an appointment right now.
0: It is pouring rain outside. Oh, good. We need it. Yeah.
1: I hope Jasmine's smart enough to just walk in. Yeah. Yeah, she's she knows she's well. Yeah. But if you want to get a big buck, it's hard. Because you got to sacrifice taking that smaller buck that's coming out in daylight hours in the early season. Yeah. I told Levi, I'm praying, I'm praying a doe walks out <laughs> so I can put an arrow in her, get that itch before that buck comes out. Because that buck comes out, I, I I'm not a trophy hunter. I, I don't hunt for the inches. I hunt to hunt. Hunt for the meat. And if that if that buck walks out, I'll shoot him. That's right. And then my buck tag's gone. Mm-hmm. It's like, man, I know I'll be sitting there in October, early November, <laughs> and I'll be seeing monster deer, and I can't shoot him. Mm-hmm. I got to wait for a doe. So I'm hoping a doe comes out first.
0: Well, I'm just, I would love to shoot a big buck with my recurve. I mean, that that's... One of my newest, I mean, it used to be, you know, shooting a big buck with my bow, you know, my compound. Now, since I'm recurve hunting, I mean, it that just makes it, I mean, it's harder now, and it just makes it even more of a challenge, and make it even more of, a, of a, a success for me. That's the way I look at it.
1: I hear everybody talk about, it's hard for a recurve hunter, or it's harder for Recurve than it is for compound. Yeah, you got your compound guys. It, it, it's I get it's more common now for compound guys to be shooting out 40, 50, 60, 70 yards,
0: or even further. I mean, yeah. I mean
1: last last deer I killed my compound was at eighty yards.
0: That's
1: okay. that's why I decided to switch over. I mean, that's it was a doe. She was in the field. She was standing still.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I say eighty yards. Me and my Pat Ball, mm-hmm. we stepped it off. We could have been, you know, five to ten yards off here or there. I guessed where she was. I guessed, personally, I guessed 75. I put my 80-pin high, or low, I'm sorry. Hit, shot hit. We stepped it off. That's what it was, and that's what I said. Now, I'm going traditional, because this is taking bow hunting out of bow hunting. This is taking the up close and personal and the testing my skill and my abilities out of it. Exactly. But there's still your compound people. Like my brother's one, he won't shoot at a deer over thirty yards. Great, this is his first year deer hunting.
0: Yeah, which is but like understandable. his
1: twenty yard pin. That bow shoots so fast. Mm-hmm. His twenty and thirty yard pin are the same. Oh yeah. yeah I mean, there's no difference. Which yeah. I thought was amazing. I'm like, man, that they can't be. That can't be. Yeah. And then we went over and over and over went over his shot cycles, processes, you know, back tension, everything, and it's the same. He won't shoot more than thirty yards. It's no No, harder to shoot traditional gear than it is compound gear, as long as you're willing to put in the work.
0: Yeah.
1: It's if you practice with it, you know it.
0: Yeah.
1: If you know it, you get comfortable with it. Mm -hmm. Yep. And you can do it. I can comfortably take a 30-yard shot. I can hit (laughs) a tennis ball swinging at 30 yards. Yeah. I'm comfortable with
0: it. Oh, yeah.
1: I... I, If a deer's
0: running by at 30 yards, I doubt it. Yeah, I mean... I'm like you. I'm comfortable in shooting my recurve. But, I mean, people that don't do recurve hunting and don't do that instinctive shooting, they have to have pins and a peep sight and a kisser and all that other stuff a release i mean aren't you used to all that stuff so i mean to them it would be a lot harder because they don't know any of that stuff they don't know the techniques of shooting i mean you uh, with a compound i mean you have a little bit of give here and there i mean with a a uh, recurve you don't have as much give
1: yeah, but it's still it's like i uh I mean yeah I talked about in the other podcast, I believe, I'm pretty sure. If you want to shoot traditional and you wanna shoot traditional effectively and uh, what's the I'm losing my words here. If you wanna shoot good and you wanna shoot good quick, yeah, break it down Barney style. Use an aiming system. Use a gap. Use a fixed crawl.
0: Yeah, or yeah, something. yeah.
1: Yeah, we were talking about this before. I can take you out to a range with a recurve, a longbow, whatever, and we can find your point on. We can find your gap. We can find your fixed crawl. And within two weeks, you can be shooting bullets. I mean, you can be shooting in there yeah. at all the distances to where all you need to do at that point is bring a range finder with you. Boom, and you know how far above, how far below, to aim. Mm-hmm.
0: So I mean, it's. It, I mean it. It isn't hard to learn. I mean, if you're if you have your mindset on it, it, it isn't hard to learn. It isn't at all. It's easier to learn to shoot
1: it, and to learn to shoot it effectively. It's easier to do than to take the leap to do it. So I mean.
0: <laughs>
1: My little boys here. Yeah. You can hear him in the background. Uh, it's just something you gotta do. Oh yeah. All right. But that pretty much covers the early season. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> the baby's here. Oh yeah. We gotta go. <laughs>